0: Hi everybody, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I want to talk about something that I love, uh, which is music. Um, this is my piano back home, and you know I've been playing music for a long time. I grew up learning the piano, and music is something that I've been caring a lot about, especially recently, ever since I had um, kids. So you know I have young kids at home, and when I try to sit down with, with my sons and show them how to play the piano, they're obviously not that interested in sitting here like this. Usually when I um, make music with my son, it turns out more like this. Um, I love this picture. He's kind of dismantled the xylophone here and uh, integrated percussion and brought all his toys down and is is basically taking music apart, which I find really inspiring. Um, Also, you know, sometimes we try to make homemade instruments around the house. I was trying to give him a kind of a science inspired lesson by putting these rubber bands on this instrument and I'd come back and he'd jammed this recorder into the side of it and had invented some kind of new musical instrument. Um, but I get really inspired thinking about, you know, their perspective on music. Um, this is my younger son and even before he could talk, um, he was, it would be fun to hand him a harmonica and hear him play at me and, you know, I get a very special f- feeling hearing um, somebody who doesn't even speak yet almost make music um, towards you. So I wanted to share a bunch of the projects that I've done around music using coding, um, but in a way that's sort of more inspired by these kinds of moments. Um, And I thought I would start by doing sort of a fun little experiment um, with the audience about um, this question, like where does music actually come from? And I'm not actually a physics or science expert. I've kind of relearned all this stuff recently. Um, We did a project uh, at Google recently where I wanted to kind of show kids um, how the science of music and math all kind of work and where music comes from. And then I quickly realized that, oh, I'm actually not sure how to simply answer that question. So I asked all my friends and have been kind of just really fascinated by this um, recently. So I'm going to do a little um, kind of live experiment here. Um, so on the next slide, I'm, I'm going to play video. And um, basically, I, I wrote a simple program that the computer's going to start making a little clicking sound. It'll kind of go like and slowly that clicking will get faster and faster and faster and faster. And it'll just draw a line up here um, so that you can kind of track what you're hearing. Um, eventually that clicking sound will get too fast for the screen uh, to catch up. And at some point, your brains are going to turn that discrete click um, into some, a note that you can hum to. Um, so I'm going to raise my hand when it kind of turns into a note for me and then um, take, put, put it back down. And you could feel free to do the same if you want. So there's that click. It still clicks for me. So it seems like a really simple thing, um, but when my friend showed me this you know, this little experiment, and we wrote just a quick little code thing so that we could do this live, and you, you can go online and, and move your mouse up and down and hear the point at which your brain almost tricks itself into thinking that these repeated clicks, somewhere around you know, 30 times or 60 times, or somewhere around there, um, it tur- your brain perceives it as a note that you can hum along to. Um, I almost think of it as like a flip book. You know, I-, I loved when I first got a flip book and I could learn that, you know, pictures that when you flip through them at just the right speed, your brain turns it into a moving picture, but you could slow it down. Um, so this is a, almost like that for sound. Um, and a lot of the projects that I'm going to show here today kind of use visuals in this way. Because I think you know, I'm a visual person, and I think a lot of people are. And suddenly I find that when you put a visual on the screen talking about sound and music, suddenly the curious part of your brain lights up a little bit. You can point at things and be like, when did that happen? And you could point at things together with people. Um, so you know, if that's just how notes kind of appear, you know, where, do, where do musical notes really come from? So here I'm going to do another quick experiment. Um, so on the next video, you're going to hear the thing that you, the mouse clicks on the left is going to basically be oscillating 100 times per second. Um, and the thing on the right is going to be oscillating 200 times per second. Um, and you'll hear what that sounds like. And again, think back to that that clicking experiment we just did, that's some kind of an oscillation moving through the air at 100 times per second and 200 times per second, but it suddenly starts to sound a little bit like music. Um, You can continue this experiment, the third one is going to be 300 times per second. And then we keep going up, just a little math game, 400, 500, and 600 times a second. And those last three become really interesting, um, because out of nowhere, we've just discovered a major chord, you know, what musicians call a major chord. But what I love about this is, you know, when you think about it this way, you know, a major chord isn't something that somebody kind of sat down and went into a room and invented and and came out and said, I found a major chord. You know, this is just a mathematical series um, called the harmonic series, which is just something that occurs in nature. and I love thinking about music this way, especially thinking about the way that I want my, my kids to think about music. You know, I want them to learn instruments and learn all the rules and, and have fun playing music, because that's really satisfying. But also, while doing all that, to realize that, um, you know, that this phenomenon came from nature and that it's basically in all of us. Um, our ears have been tuned to this kind of, uh, this kind of thing. Um, and this is why you, it, it's a fun kind of rabbit hole to go down, but these types of intervals appear in all cultures and all music, you know, and all, after that, you know, all cultures start to invent on top of it and, and improvise. But this basis of like, the, the connective thread of, of what makes music um, at its core is, is connected. But I kind of realized that I should have known all of this in eighth grade. I just wasn't paying close enough attention. I grew up playing viola, and my viola teacher showed me a trick that I should have been able to figure all this out from. You know, I was trying to find um, the high note on my, on my string. And she's like, oh, you could actually just cheat, and you could just kind of eyeball halfway if you're having trouble finding that note. And I was like, oh, OK, halfway, that's just a thing. But um, that's literally what um, any string players are, are playing with, exactly the same thing. So if you have a string that's you know, one length, and then you cut it up halfway, you get the octave. And you could do the same exact little trick that we just kind of did. Um, kind of musical instruments work this way. Um, so with that, I just want to share some of the projects that I've, I've done, um, kind of taking apart music and just looking at it a little bit differently. Um, like I said, I um, you know grew up playing viola, so I've always been interested in strings and um, just wanting to play with that. So in code, I wanted to explore ways to visualise music, like ask what does music look like in all different kinds of ways. Um, so One of the first projects I want to share, um, a friend and I had a simple idea where we um, wondered, what if you could draw a line on a page and reach out and pluck it? Um, And over time, we kind of made this simple prototype together. So longer strings form lower notes, and shorter strings form higher notes. Fun way to to try to make music because you really can't predict what notes you're going to get. It's kind of like making a musical instrument through code, but not really a really useful one that you can really learn to play very well. Um, But it becomes fun to think about the things that you couldn't do in the physical world that you can do through code. Um, Like on the next moment, it's going to ask a question what does a scribble sound like? Um, So you can just kind of draw a scribble and Reach out and pluck them. <laughs> um, so that was a fun, simple little prototype. Um, but one of the fun things that you know I wanted to do with that um, is uh, is um, start to look at you know what else could I do with this little Lego piece that um, that I've made now. And I just moved to New York at the time, so I had seen the subway map around, and I wondered what if the subway map. Could perform itself as a musical instrument. So I got the data for the subway map. Um, you can grab it on their website. It just looks like this. It's all the times you know that trains depart. Um, and over time, I made a really simple prototype where um, you go to a website and the uh, trains are going to start drawing themselves based on when they're leaving, and they'll actually learn to. Um, th- they'll actually kind of learn to behave like a musical instrument. They'll, they'll when they cross, they'll perform. So I think one is about to hit. Soon. Right there. <laughs> With this, I, I, I kind of cheated and tuned the whole thing to a major scale to kind of make it a, a sort of pleasant experience to listen to. And again, these, you know, are kind of useless little experiments, but I feel like they make me start to think about music and musical instruments a little bit differently. Um, I'd also just started working at Google at the time, um, and I had this little Lego piece I'd made, so I asked a friend, you know, what if we could make the Google Logo uh, musical instrument? Um, So this was an old prototype I made. um, um, I even made the box, a giant. (laughs) Um, But eventually it evolved into um, the guitar doodle, the Les Paul guitar doodle. um, of turning the homepage into a musical instrument that anybody could play. Um, and you know, one of the fun things about this was you know, people could actually share songs. Um, and I'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, I also you know, I grew up playing violas. So I've always been really interested in, in music like Bach. And I kind of wondered, um, you know, if you take a piece of music like the Bach cello suites, um, and you drew each bar of music, like what length of string would be required to, to play that? Um, and you just kind of had it shift like a little music box. Um, what would that look like? Um, And I'll show you a little clip of this. You can watch all of these um, online. I have this this kind of tuning sequence um, where the strings are kind of tuning up. online um, What I loved about that was it's basically a physics diagram, but you know just by adding this layer of music to it, I felt like I could start a conversation about physics that doesn't feel like opening up a textbook um, A more recent project that I've been working on um, is simply you know I grew up also playing piano and you know what if you simply drew a dot for each note of the piano that you played um, so we've been working on a really simple prototype it's pretty fun to just kind of this is just me noodling um, Incredibly simple and fun, um, but one of the most fun things I wanted to try with it, um, this is a really kind of fast, complex piece of music by W. C., and I wanted to see if you know, seeing these dots on the screen would kind of make you hear more in the music than you could before. Um, so I found a, a person who would actually recorded a performance by W. C. and put all of the data online. Um, this is what a person playing music, their data looks like, it's you know, when he hit each note and how hard he hit each note, um, so I'll just play a little bit of that. I'll let you watch the rest of that um, online, but you know even for me I was fi- finding that I could f- Parse visual information faster than, or more clearly than I could hear it. Now suddenly, like hearing the structure of it, um, it also made made me amazed at how our how quickly we can parse visual um, graphics on a screen. Um, the last piece I just wanted to show is a um, is a piece called uh, Piano Phase. Um, it's by composer Steve Reich, and it's actually a really simple piece. But when you look at it like this, it feels really complicated. Um, and all he had this idea to do was, you know, if Bach was about changing pitch over time. He kind of reversed that formula. That's the way I see it, um, where he just has two piano players um, play the same exact set of notes over and over and over, but he simply has one slow down a little bit until he lines up one note off, two notes off, almost like windshield wipers on a, on a school bus that are slightly out of sync. Um, so I created a visualization of this. And this is the last thing I'll, I'll close with. Um, So I'll end there. Um, you could check out all of these, these projects in more depth. Um, I mean, my hope is just that you know, projects like this make people kind of look at everything from math and science and music um, in, in a slightly different way. So thank you so much.